Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. He wants to make you brand new. And how many of you realize that God actually has a plan for your life? God actually, honestly, show of hands, how many of you really do realize like God has a plan, not just for humanity, but for my life? God has a plan for my life. And I want to talk a little bit briefly about that plan, the plan that God has for our life. On a side note, is that clock right back there? Did we set that that clock? No, that's not right at all. I'm Okay, base control, I'm flying blind up here. So whatever time... 23 minutes off. Okay, 23 minutes off. I can calculate that in, in my head. Oh, you know what? I got the clock right here on my iPod, uh, iPad. We're good. We're good. Don't panic. Don't panic. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for your life. And tonight, I want to talk a little bit about that plan. And if you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes... Write this down. The first plan that God has for your life is, number one, to draw you. It's number one, to draw you. The plan that God has for each and every one of your life is to draw you. It's to draw you. What do I mean to draw you? I'm not talking about doing an etch of you and drawing you out. I'm talking about drawing you pulling you, inviting you, tugging on you spiritually. God desires to draw you. In fact, in John chapter 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No one comes to the Father unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. No one comes to the Father unless, no one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws them to him. What does that mean to draw? That means that's a, that's a, a pulling. It's it's a it's a it's a pulling towards. It's a, it's like almost like a gravitational pull. And many of you in here have experienced that drawing, have experienced that that tugging, that gravitational pull, so to speak. And and you may you may have come here tonight and you feel that a little bit of. I don't really know much about God or. Or, or, or I, I haven't been in church long, or maybe you have, but you really have only been in church. You don't have a relationship with Him. But there's something going on on the inside of you. There's something stirring. There's something moving. There's something that normally you wouldn't maybe go to a church service, or you wouldn't go to a youth service. But there's something, something happening. And you know, it's cool that we have this new building. It's cool. The lights are cool. The sound is cool. That's all great. But ultimately, what's it, what it is all for is to facilitate the drawing of the Holy Spirit. It's to facilitate you to become brand new. And Jesus said that. He said, no one comes to me unless I draw him. And what, what he was talking about is that first initial invitation. That initial invitation of, I want to have a relationship with you. And many people feel like, well, they begin to have that time. There's a time frame where they're feeling that drawing. They're feeling something going on that they desire to have a relationship with God. But that's not enough. That's not enough. I don't mean to be uh, harsh, 
But there are many people right now, I say it sadly, that are in hell that had a drawing. That felt that tugging, that decided, man, one day I might make a decision to follow Christ. You know, we we uh, had our first year anniversary Sunday and we got to experience the whole thing of planning a wedding. Mainly Kia planned it and, and I just kind of supported where, where I could. But, um, you know, you send out invitations and uh, and one of the things that you have a guest list and there's, you know, it, it's you got to pay per head. So it's really important that you get that. You really know who's coming. So you send out a little something where you mail them an invitation and then they have a little portion to where they can, what? RSVP, saying that I'm going to be there. And in the same way, it's like God sends each of us an invitation. He sends us an invitation. But it's not enough just to get the invitation. You got to RSVP. You got to come back. It's not enough that he invited you. He invite every, invited every single one of us to have a relationship with, with him to make you brand new. But you have to make the decision that I accept, that I'm going to take it. And so God's first plan for you is to draw you. Many of you experience that. Many of you have a relationship because you felt something moving on the inside of you. Some of you, that's where you're at right there. And that's great. The second call or purpose that God has for your life, number two, is to recreate you. Is to recreate you. He doesn't want you to just stay the same. He doesn't want you to just fill a drawing and you accept him into your life. He wants to make you brand new. He wants to not just remodel you. He wants to make you a brand new creation. And so, what does that mean? How, how, do, how do I become recreated? You might, you might be asking, how, how does that happen? I've heard of that. How, how do I become a new creation? How to become recreated, so to speak? And that's, that's not a bad question. That's actually a really, really good question. In fact, there's a story in the Bible of a man that asked that same question. We're going to read it in just a moment. It's found in John chapter 3 and verse 1, and there was a man that, whose name was Nicodemus. In fact, he was a, a well-versed man. He was a Pharisee. He knew the law. He was a, a, a Jewish man and really knew a lot about God. But one night, he was really, he felt that kind of that drawing that we just talked about, and he decided that he was going to go and talk to Jesus. And so he went at nighttime, and the purpose of him going at nighttime was that so no one could see him, and he wanted to have a conversation with Jesus. And this is how that conversation went. It says there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so what Jesus was saying, summing it up, is, 
is unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. What that means is unless you become born again, recreated, you can't even go to heaven. You can't even go to heaven. Now, this is the biggest thing that we will ever face in humanity. It's the biggest thing that every single person will ever face. And the difference between being born, you every single one of us were, were born onto this earth, the difference between just being born and being born again is to be born again, you have to and must make a choice. You have to make a choice. To be born again, you must make a choice. And once you make that choice, it determines. Not making a choice is not an option. Every single one of us has to make a decision. Do we want to be born again or not? Now, to be born again, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, comparison of being born, you have no control over that. You can't do that yourself. The only thing that your part is, is just to make a decision. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it talks about, about this. It talks about how the way that we, we are, um, sorry, not in, uh, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and by confessing with your mouth that you're saved. That you're saved. That's how it happens. How, think, think with me for a second. How simple is that? How simple is that? It's just to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and then you're saved. So God wants to draw you to Him. Once He draws you to Him, He wants to recreate you. He wants to make you born again. And once you become born again, once you get that relationship, you see a lot of people sadly in church will come down to the altar, will make that decision that I want to be born again. And they stop right there. But that's only part of God's plan for your life. He wants to draw you. He wants you to become born again. He wants you to become a brand new creation, but he doesn't want you to just stop there. The third thing, the third plan that God has for your life. Number three. He wants to teach you. He wants to teach you. He doesn't want you just to feel a drawing. He doesn't want you only to become a brand new creation or creature. He also wants to teach you a few things. He wants to show you a few things. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you, you know, it's such a it's such it's so cool that that Jesus used that terminology of being born because it is so it is so close. It is so parallel. It wasn't a coincidence that Jesus said you must be born again because it's so similar in the way that we're born to this earth and the way that we become born again and become Christians. And, you know, whenever you are born you had to learn a few things. Very few people were actually like me that were born and began to just walk and talk right out of the room. There are very few cases like that. I was probably the only one. It's a joke. I'm kidding. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't really remember. It's possible. No, you've got to learn a few things. Like a really big learning curve for a lot of kids is, is that, that there's a stove and heat comes out of that stove. And uh, whenever that stove is on, like touching that stove is, is not an option. Like that's not a good thing to do. And so we learn quite a few things through life teaching us in, as we just grow up. But in the same ways, whenever we get born again, we become a Christian. We got to learn some things. And Jesus desires to teach you. He desires to teach you. The question is, do you desire to learn? Do you desire to learn? It's not a, it's not a matter of there's not enough material out there. There's not enough preaching out there. It's, I, I just, it's, we don't have any excuses anymore. It's, it's so readily available. We have the, we have the Bible on our phones. We can, I mean, I can't tell you how many podcasts I watch just on my phone. The, the word is just is available. It's out there. It's so easy for us to learn. But it's it's do we want to learn? Do we want to learn? And so how do we learn from God? There's a few ways, and I'm not going to spend a long time. Number one, through his word. That's the the main way that he teaches us is through his word, through the reading of the word, through the daily reading of the Bible. That's where he teaches. The Bible says that all scripture is inspired by God. Another translation said is God breathed. And the cool thing, whenever that translation that says God breathed, it's the same Greek word that whenever he says, whenever he's talking about Adam and he breathed life into Adam, it's the same God breathed. The Bible is him breathing his life into us. And it's also described as the book of life. And it'll teach you about life and it'll show you how to live. And the cool thing about being a teenager is not only do you have the opportunity to have a home in heaven forever and ever, but through living your life by the word of God, your whole life can change. Not only will your eternity change, but your life can change if you just follow and obey the word. Not only will you avoid lots of heartache and lots of consequences, but your lineage will change. Your marriage will change one day. Your children will change as a as a effect of you obeying and applying the word of God to your life. So God wants to teach us some things. The number one way is through his word. The second way is through the preaching of the word. Is in a setting like this, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. That is hearing the word of God. I can't tell you how many how many sermons that I've heard. I've grown up in church and sometimes just randomly, it seems like randomly, God will bring back just a portion of a sermon, just a spot of a sermon of where somebody was preaching the word and I'll remember it. And it's amazing how it just begins to seep in the more that you hear the word preached, the more that you you hear it taught. And so how do we how do we learn about God is number one is through reading the word. Number two is through hearing the word. And the reason that reading the word comes before hearing the word is because newsflash, not everybody that teaches the word is teaching it, teaching it with accuracy. And so whenever you have the knowledge, like there's somebody that, that's out there right now that's preaching that there is no hell, that love ultimately wins, that everyone goes to heaven. And whenever you have the knowledge that that's not that's not biblical. 
That's not biblical. The Bible says that there is a heaven and there is a hell and there is a judgment. And yes, God does love us, but His love is that He sent His Son to die for us and that if we accept Him, that we can have an eternal home in heaven forever. That's love. That's love. The cross is love in action. That's what love is. But if you don't know, there's countless people that are falling for that and are following that because they've never heard the Word. They've never read the Word for themselves. You need to know the word. And then you also need to hear the word taught properly. And third, the Holy Spirit teaches us through prayer. Teaches us through prayer. You'll be praying sometimes if you have a relationship with God and all of a sudden God can just drop something in your heart and your spirit and you've never maybe heard it before or know what's going on, but He can just quicken some things to you and and show you some things and teach you some things through prayer. So we know that God has a plan for our lives. His first plan is to draw us. His second plan is to recreate us. His third plan is to teach us. And fourth and final, God, His plan for us and desire for us is to help us grow. Is to help us grow. And this is where we're going to spend most of our time following the series next week and the weeks to come is in growing in Christ and getting back to the basics of of having a relationship with God. But God desires to grow you, help you grow. And the main way, this is maybe bad news for a few of you that you don't know this, but the main way that God helps us grow is through trials and tribulations. You know, I'll be honest with you, I spend a lot of time rebuking trials in my life and then afterwards realize like, oh, that was there to help me grow and have my faith strengthen. How many of you would actually choose a trial? Honestly, nobody in here will actually choose a trial to go through. Very few people. If you would choose a trial, I, I come pray for me after service because I need I need whatever you got. But I, I, you never just, you don't just sit down and mark in your calendar. You know what? Next week, I don't have a whole lot going on. Probably a good time for a trial. I haven't grown in a while. I'm gonna go, you know what, God? Let's go ahead and schedule a good old trial next week. Time to get some growth on. You know, let's, let, let, let's go ahead and, and do it. We don't have control over that because we would never, ever schedule it. I'm already a procrastinator as is, so for me to schedule my own trials, it, it would never happen. Like, oh, well, I was supposed to schedule a trial last week, but then I had the square one event and we we're really busy with it. Can we schedule a trial? Like, we're not going to schedule any trials. I'm just going to be honest. I, I don't want to schedule any trials. We're not going to do it. I want to grow. If you can just like impart some growth into me, that's the way that I like to have it. That's what we think. That's how we would like for it to happen. That's not how it works. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity. Look at that word. Everybody say that word. Opportunity. For great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a... Everybody say that word chance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing 
The reason that I had you say that those words is opportunity, chance. Going through a trial isn't automatic that your faith will grow. I've known a lot of people that have gone through some stuff and it crushed their faith. Then they no longer serve God anymore. Why? Because a trial is automatic that your faith is going to grow. A trial is an opportunity for your faith to grow. There's a chance for your faith to grow. How, do, how is it an opportunity? It's an opportunity when you have the right perspective on trials. There's a lot of people that have been disappointed through the Christian faith because they've come to Christ on the message of God has a wonderful plan for my life and whenever I get saved, all my problems go away. I get a great house, a great job, a great car and everything is just good. And then all of a sudden, a trial comes and it conflicts with their theology. They don't realize, what well, I, thought, I thought God has a wonderful plan. He does. But the reason that he is God and I am man is because he sees things beyond me and he knows and he has my best in mind. He has your very best in mind. And so whenever you face a hardship, whenever you face a trial, you ever heard the saying that, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Isn't that a song? Andrew, come sing that song right now. No, I'm kidding. Well, and I didn't plan on using that song, but that just kind of came to me. And what it's saying is if it doesn't take you out, then it's going to make you stronger. Not true. Not true. You can, you can actually be devastated by a trial. You can be crushed by it. Because why? It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for growth. And you know, I find that the more that I desire to grow, the more that I desire to get closer to God, the more that I, I can kind of get a little bit of spiritual discernment and realize, you know what? This is a trial. This is something that is going to help me even, listen, even if the enemy has sinned in your life. The Bible says that what, what the enemy meant for harm, that God can use it for good. So bad things are not coming from God. It's from Satan. But God is so powerful that he can take those bad things and flip it and turn it and grow you through it. It's the ultimate devastating blow to the enemy's kingdom. That what he meant to take you out, God can take that situation if you allow him to flip it, turn it around, and you grow as a result. It's like, it's like the enemy sends a missile and the missile gets close to you and God blocks it and sends it right back to him. If you allow him the opportunity. And what, what, does, a, what does a trial do? Why, in, in closing, why, how and why does God choose to use trials to help us grow? How and why? Or, or how and why does God help us grow? We know that the how is the trial. The how is the trial. And why is number one, so that we can get closer to Him. Through a trial, we get closer to Him. You remember how we talked about in the beginning how God's purpose and plan for you, number one, is to draw you? is to pull you, that gravitational pull. Well, that's the, that's the invitation of, of a relationship with Him. But once you reach that relationship with Him, a relationship is two-sided. It's both ways. 
Just like prayer, it's not, it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. It's a relationship with God. And so through that trial, whenever we face trials, what it normally does or, or what it's intended to do is to cause us to get closer to Him. That's the purpose of it. That's what helps you grow. And in James 4.8, one of my favorite scriptures, you've heard me read it time and time again, says, come close to God and He will come close to you. A big part of your relationship that, with God that you need to know is that you hold the relationship of, with God in your hands. That you now, God already initiated you. He already draw, drew you. Now He want, you can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of God as you desire. It's a matter of seeking after Him. That whenever I draw close to Him, that He comes close to me. And it's in that order because once I get close to God, normally through a trial, once I'm at that place of getting close to God, what it causes to happen is repentance causes repentance to happen. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Come close to God and He will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So many people think that they need to get right with God and then start coming to church. So many people think that they need to get right with God and then they will have a relationship with God. No, you get close to God and whenever you get close to God, you realize that it's time to repent because you see how holy He is and how not holy you are. And so God desires to grow us. The reason that He uses trials to do so is so that we get closer to Him. The ultimate purpose in life is to have a relationship with Jesus and that you fall so madly in love with him that you walk with him all of your life. You know, I got saved out of fear of going to hell, but it's the love of God that's kept me saved. Out of I don't want to I don't want to depart from him. I don't want to, you know, have, you know, eternity being eternity of fire. And so I got saved that way, which is fine. That's called the fear of the Lord. But it's the love of God that has kept me close and in an intimate relationship with Him. Would you stand with me? I want to close out tonight with the same scripture that we started out in. 2 Corinthians 5. But I want to start in uh, in verse 14. We have a little bit of time. It says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for, uh, for uh, everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 17 says, This means, so it gives gives the definition before, it gives the explanation before. All that, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life 
has become begun. The reason that we can become brand new is because Jesus died on a cross. And He didn't only die on the cross, He didn't stay on the cross, but He was raised from the dead. And He did something that no one else could do and has done. But because He was 100% God and 100% man, but death couldn't hold Him. And what that means for us is that now we can become brand new. And I want you to do me a favor right now. Every single person in here, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your head. And there's a couple of people, a couple groups of people that I want to talk to real quick. You may be at that place that we talked, to, talked about at the beginning, that drawing, that gravitational pull to God. There's something stirring on the inside of you that you're not really, maybe, maybe you're not really sure what it is. You know, you desire to have a relationship with God, but, but I don't know what's going on. And you desire tonight. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, make Him Lord in your life, you'll be saved. With no one looking around, absolutely no one. If that's you tonight, say, Elijah, I want to be made brand new tonight. I want you to do something extremely bold and slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. If you desire to be made brand new, I want to have a relationship with God. Just slip up your hand right now. No one looking around. I see your hands. Anybody else? Just boldly. I I want to be... I see your hand. Nobody looking around. I want to be brand new. Brand new. Can we do something together, everybody in here? I want you to just repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody. Lord Jesus. I desire to be a new creation. I want to be brand new. I invite you into my life. Make me brand new. Jesus, I know you're the only way to heaven. Father, I thank you for making me new right now. I believe that Jesus died was raised for the dead so that my dead spirit could be raised to life. In Jesus' name, amen. The second group of people that I want to talk to tonight and pray for is maybe you made that decision. You're a new creation, but you haven't been walking in it. That you have the divine nature of God, but the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, self-control. Maybe you had that, you became brand new, but you're, you're struggling tonight. You're having a hard time. You're not walking into it. Again, I want everybody to just close your eyes real quick. Bow your heads. If, if that's you, say, I, I've, I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling. Just slip up your hand, just boldly. I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling. His hands all across this place. Come on, I'm a Christian. I'm struggling. Be bold. Be bold. I want to pray for you right now. 
Every single person with your hands up, lift up both hands right now. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every single person in this place. Lord, I pray for every single Christian that is maybe walking in in bondage, is living in bondage. I pray right now that chains and shackles would fall off of people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would heal them, that you would move in their life right now, supernaturally. Give them grace. Give them strength, Lord, to walk out the call and the purpose that you have placed for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I, can I have some leaders up here? As I dismiss y'all, if you need prayer for anything at all, if you prayed that prayer to become brand new or you're struggling and you need prayer, we would love to be able to pray for you. We'd love for the opportunity to lay hands on you and to stand with you. And if not, I just want to just pray just a closing blessing over you as you just as we dismiss right now. Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for every single person in here, Lord. I thank you that you have a call, a purpose, and a plan for their lives, God. I pray, Lord, that you would use them for your glory in everything that they do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.